0: Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, where your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak, help you go next level with your practice, leveraging the four pillars that make a practice bulletproof. Vision, building a dream team, marketing ninja, and financial freedom. Now, let's get into it. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Today, we are super excited to have a legend and an icon in the dental field with us, Deborah Engelhart Nash. Deborah is both uh, famous for her amazing lectures and presentations, and and really just famous for holding an amazing presence in, in, when you're when you're presenting, Deborah, or lecturing. Oh. I hate to use the word lecturing, but you know, every time yeah. my my team hears you lecture, they're like. Oh my God, she's so amazing. And, and so you really just have the gift of, of captivating teams and inspiring them and really kind of a, igniting the vision and potential from a dental office. So, um, and if someone doesn't know who you are at this point, I, I, uh, feel a little sorry for them because you've made such an impact to this, this industry. And, uh, I want to thank you as someone who's been in it as well.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure. You it's are. an honor. I love you what are, I man. do. Yeah. So when I stop loving it, I'll stop doing it. But, uh, I love uh, I love making a difference in the lives of the people that I touch. I just think that's what I was destined to do. That's, yeah, you know,
0: what well, it happens, and you, you know, I, I encourage anyone to find out where you're speaking and really go kind of listen to you because you bring a, a new and fresh perspective to Gosh. to dentistry. And uh, yes. you know, and sometimes, like we were talking about before I hit record, you know, sometimes that's really needed in dentistry. You know, because it can be a uh, very repetitive. Sometimes doom and gloom. Sometimes well, you know, it, it can be somber in some environments. So it's well nice that, yeah. it's nice to to find that ignition key, you know, and take it to the next level.
1: Well, I I think there are a lot of doctors who who uh, practice in fear. And why would you go to a and to work every day and you know dreading the drive in? What a terrible feeling that would be to have to wake up every morning saying I'm going to a job that I hate or People, my patients don't like me. My team doesn't like me. The industry, you know, the world doesn't like me. Society doesn't like me. And dentistry doesn't like me because now um, Invisalign is creating brick and mortar offices and I can't even, you know, be relevant anymore. So that is my mission is to um, have people get up every morning going to a a place where they love to be and changing, again, making a difference in not only in their their patients' lives, but in their community and in there with their team. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who, who talk about the future of dentistry in, in a very, I like what you said, a very somber, very sobering way, in a scary way, especially for private practice dentists. You know, there, there are so many people who are forecasting that private practice dentistry is going to go away and it's not, it's not. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my niche, if you will, how to, how to keep private practice or fee for service dentistry alive discretionary dentistry and if you really think about it and any you both can chime in at any time everything we do is elective you know a crown is elective is an elective procedure so when people you know and this is what happens patient comes in with a broken tooth or a tooth that requires full coverage and we say oh we're sorry i'm so mm-hmm. sorry you're going to yeah. need a crown as opposed to saying, I have some great news, we're gonna be able to save that too. But it's still an elective procedure. And r- regardless of um, any kind of insurance coverage or any kind of allowance, insurance allowance, um, they still gonna have an out-of-pocket expense and you still have to help them understand and appreciate um, why that should be important to them. So that's kind of my thing, is how you help your patients understand and appreciate that what we do um, has an incredible value and value to the quality of their life. Um, in yep. so many aspects.
2: Pete and I talk about this a lot. Uh, so well said. And, and first of all, I want to acknowledge you because I've never heard you speak before, Deborah. but you've spoken to some of my people in my office at different conferences and they, they came back so different. So the real um, measure of your your worth as an educator is is what effect you impart on the people. So I want to acknowledge you oh, uh, because you could be you could go and listen to you for an hour or two and get really entertained, but come back no different. Um, so they came back so different that um, in full disclosure, I've hired Deborah to come down <laughs> to my office to teach the rest of them. Uh, and I think what you hit on so so well is that there's a commoditization in dentistry. Absolutely, corporate is commoditizing the dental experience, private equity is commoditizing the dental offices, and dentists are being consumed and spit out. Um, and it also starts with the way the dentist commoditizes the patient. So we, we, don't, we have to learn to, to stop that vicious cycle and create the value, not only for the patients to experience us, but the value to appreciate the patients. If we had a culture that was revolving around a better way to communicate um, love and care to our patients, they would feel that and that's what I think from from afar I've noticed that you you are so good at doing because if the dentist appreciates loves and respects the team and the patient, the patient will in turn feel that and gladly go for that elective procedure like you said, everything in dentistry is elective. the only thing medically necessary is an extraction a cleaning is elective if you. Correct, spun- right. Yeah. I mean, my my child, when he was two years old, with no teeth, was eating lamb chops. So I would even say that you don't even need teeth to eat meat. Teeth are really just a luxury item. It's not. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a Lexus. You don't need a Lexus. You can get a Prius or you can get a uh, a Yugo or a bicycle. But
1: yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. I think, um, I, I think it starts, you're right. I think it starts at the top. I always, I actually, this past weekend, I was at the American Academy of Dental Practice meeting, which is, I will say, by the way, it's a great meeting. It's, it's, it's a lot, it's dental, but it's more, um, life skills than dental. It's in, cool. interpersonal skills and life skills and great speakers that you would never, ever find at a dental meeting, which I think, um, and Peter and I were talking about this earlier. I, I think it's helpful to get doctors to get away and just think outside of the box and say, I need to go to, um, here's something that's not dental and how would I apply that to my dental life? And I think that's That's pretty critical. But I I quoted uh, Benjamin Franklin this weekend, and I said, Benjamin Franklin said, it's the head of the fish that always smells first. And I think when you talked about, it really is a trickle-down effect. So if I have a doctor or a client who is passionate, like you and Peter are about what, and Ross, about uh, their work, passionate, subjective, committed, futuristic thinking. If you really think about great leaders, um, in our world, you think about those people who—I mean, I mean—Martin Luther King didn't say, "Hey, I was to think about this idea." He said, "I have a dream." Right. That's what—that's what motivated people. He didn't say, "Hey, I'm trying to get a consensus decision on this." Um, he was very subjective. And um, John F. Kennedy, when he talked about a space program, we didn't even have a space program when he talked about putting a man on the moon. So when you think about leadership, they. They don't take a look and say, well, what is everybody else thinking? They think for themselves, and then they lead the parade. So I think it, it takes the doctor having a subjective, passionate opinion um, about what he or she is doing. They then, in turn, inspire the team, and they've got to surround themselves with team members who say, I get you, I get it, and I'm ready to transfer your dream and your passion to our patient because most dentists – Except maybe you, Peter, maybe you, Dr. Spodak, you might go in. Um, I, we all know of one dentist who might walk into an operatory and say, damn, I'm good. You're so lucky to be here. <laughs> Most dentists, I mean, we know one. He lives in Manhattan. He might, <laughs> do, that. <laughs> he might do that.
2: There's more than one in Manhattan that <laughs> thinks that way, by the way. Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> Most dentists walk in with a, a, a lovely humility but humility could also be, it's a strength and a weakness and any strength taken to excess becomes a weakness. So do, most doctors walk in with this beautiful humility and say, gee, I hope my patients like me and I'm so afraid that they don't like me. So I'm not gonna give them my full meal deal. I'm not gonna give them a comprehensive plan. I'm so afraid of the no that I'm gonna, never gonna get the, the yes. And um, I think you know some people um, become absolutely frozen in fear, and they will never get a win. They will never get a win because they'll never they'll never set themselves up to get the win. It's and most so cool. dent, a lot of dentists don't set themselves up to get the yes. They set it's, themselves up to get the no.
0: And that's pervasive in dentistry. I think it's just it's just it's a systemic problem.
1: Yeah. Um, and
0: yeah. It's crazy. Think,
1: yeah, and I think that what what um, you b- both were saying that um, when I have a team who understands and appreciates the passion that the doctor has for what he or she does, then they translate that to the patient. So then instead of having the phone call where, and I think, Craig, this is what you were also talking about, about changing your team, and and they didn't say it this way, but I, I go to so many offices and it's the typical... Um, A new patient calls and say, what insurance do you have? What's your name? What's your social security number? Do you have any sexually transmitted diseases? Do you have any artificial body parts? Do you have Blue Cross or Blue Shield? And then when the patient says, oh, they have MetLife, we go into a 20-minute diatribe of what MetLife is going to do for them or not do for them. Then we wonder why the patients focus on insurance. Well, guess who spent 20 minutes talking about insurance um, allowances and what will and will not happen with those insurance allowances? We set up the entire first phone call all about insurance. So, of course, the patient's going to think that insurance is the most important thing to talk about because we started it. We started the conversation. So I love the beginning of the, you know, a patient calls. I mean, I love that, you know, so that I can best meet your niece. They may I ask you a few questions. How did you hear about us? What inspired you to call? That's my always my favorite opening line. And I know my friend, Mose Banta, uses it in all of her presentations and gives me credit, which I appreciate. But that, I think, is one of the most important questions. Tell me what inspired you to call. And then you let the the patient talk. I shouldn't be telling the patient what we're going to do. I should be listening to the patient and what they want.
0: We should do an ideal
2: call right here, and a mock <laughs> call, and
1: no, I'll, be I'll be the patient.
0: I could
2: be one of my tough patients, one of the yeah. typical. Oh yeah, be yeah. One of your tough oh, great, New Yorkers.
1: Right. So this should be vodka in a sippy cup if you're yeah. going <laughs> to. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> it
2: might be. You know vodka who my cup? doctor is, right? He's famous. He invented the root canal, Doctor Schwartzfarb. He practices in New York. Um, that they always have a famous doctor.
1: Oh, how funny! They come well. From New York. We get the phone call, heard. we get the, um, how much do you charge for, you know, how much do you charge for veneers, how much do you charge for, or do you charge, do you charge for a consultation, mm-hmm. and I say, oh, I'd be happy to tell you how we handle our consultations before I do me ask you a few questions, wow. or I'll be happy to tell you about our fees before I do me ask you a few questions, so I will also, you know, when they start asking about money, and I'll find out what they want, and then I'll talk about our practice, or the, or one of my clients' practice, and I'll say, and here's what I often will say. If you're choosing your dentist based on the lowest fee possible, we will probably not be the dentist that you choose. If you're choosing your dentist based on the quality of care that you're going to receive, the experience you're going to have while you are with us, the professionalism of the team, the dedication and commitment of the doctor, if those are important criteria for you, we'll be the office that you want.
2: Right. That's a that's that's also short. Short-term cost of uh, savings could actually be really expensive in the long-term as well.
1: Yeah. You and know, yes, I also – That's I the also, problem with
2: dentistry. Everything yeah. lasts. Everything could last in dentistry. You could do a root canal and put like chewing gum and obturate your canals with chewing gum. It'll probably last three years. So every Well, yeah,
1: lasts. yeah. I mean, look what happens when they totally – they dig up When they dig up mummies. I was just watching a special about the guy who found uh, King Tut's tomb they were talking about the dentistry that they find in mummies, which is pretty fascinating. Some of the dental procedures they did way back then, um, most of it was gold, so that's kind of interesting. I also, I always um, help teams understand that if a patient starts asking about money, and I always say our fees are based on three things. The skill required to do it right, the time it takes to do it well, and the materials that we use so that your treatment and your restorations will endure. So I'm
0: letting um, that sink in. Pardon? I, I've said I'm letting that sink in because that's yeah. that these are great. These are I mean, great things that um no. yeah.
1: So for, for 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 me it's it's not it's uh it's not a, I mean, doc, some doctors can you know, say, "Oh my gosh, you know, I can I can prep four veneers in 30 minutes." Um great. That's great. Um, But, you know, let's talk about patient satisfaction. So I always tell patients, um, it's the time we take to make sure that you're satisfied. Um, So we talk about consultations, and they say, um, do you offer free consultations? You both know why they're asking for why we we offer free consultations. Because what do most patients expect they're going to get out of a consultation or a new patient exam? How much time? Well, how Uh, much time do they think they're going to spend with you?
2: An hour? Huh, no. No, they don't think they'll have five, I mean, minutes.
1: five minutes. Five minutes. Five, maybe 10. So when we say, you know, I'm not, I know why patients are asking if we offer free consultations. I, we actually had a patient call my husband's practice one time and ask if we would prorate the consultation based on time that he spent with the doctor. And he said, well, I'm not going to need an hour and a half. And we said, he said, can you, will you prorate it? And we said, well, we'll see what happens. And sure enough, he was in here for an hour and a half, I mean, and accepted the treatment plan. So I think it's important when patients, um, uh, when patients say, will you give me a quote? Will you tell me how much you charge for? I never say, I'm sorry you don't quote fees over the telephone. I always say, i will be happy to discuss our fees with you. Um, so before I do, I may ask you a few questions. And so everything is, hey, I'm happy to talk about that. I'm not afraid to talk about that.
0: Do you feel like that's skirting the question? Like, I always get nervous, like, hey, I'll tell you that, but let's answer my three questions first. How'd you hear about us? How'd, uh, you, get, you, know, how'd you find us?
1: Well, I think if, if you say it in the right way, um, and, I, and again, I, I heard a speaker this weekend, and I will say that I thought his approach was a bit manipulative. Um, I think you have to say it in earnest. I think your voice mm-hmm. your inflection has to um, be appropriate. Um, it can't be so canned and it can't be so rehearsed that it doesn't sound natural, but I have to believe to be believed. So I have to believe in what I'm saying. Um, so, and I'll direct, the, I'll take the conversation anywhere, anywhere the patient wants to go. And I say, I want to make sure that I'm going to answer your question appropriately. When you're asking me about fees, help me understand the question. Help me understand. I mean, are you sitting with a treatment plan in your hand? Are you? Um, have you? Do you have existing uh, existing care that you're not happy with? Tell me where the question's coming from. So that's what I need to find out. You know, tell me where this question's coming from. So if they say, "Well, dentistry is, is expensive," and I always agree, dentistry is expensive, isn't it? Yeah. So so my belief is whether you spend four hundred dollars or four thousand dollars, if you're not happy, you spent too much. Yeah. So we we make sure that. We, have charged, we, we assess the appropriate fee and we take the pro- uh, proper amount of time to make sure that you are satisfied. Satisfied enough that you'll tell your friends.
2: You know what's interesting as you're talking, Deborah? I'm, I'm thinking, I, I have this thing I always say, I, I almost say it every podcast now, but there's a business culture, there's a business um, uh, con- consciousness that's evident right now. It's all about the experience. And there's a dental business consciousness. And the, 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 the macro level of business in America right now is way ahead of where dentistry is. And I think that dentistry trails general business by 10 years. So what is happening in dentistry now is kind of like business 2008 where, or maybe even 1998 to 2008. It might even be 15 years where it was always systematized and processed and everything was like, I mean, McDonald's was proud to tell you that they served 2 billion hamburgers. Yeah. 10 yeah. years ago. Now, that would be the last thing they want to say. They want to say it's it's all non-GMO, bone right. broth, like yeah. farm-to-table, slow process, whatever. And a lot of dentistry, and you, you think about the commoditization of the patient, it was the five-minute root canal, the three-minute crown prep. So the
1: 90-second crown prep, the OMAR yeah, root 90-second crown
2: prep. Right? The 90-second crown prep, and then how to numb up the patient next door while you go and prep the veneer. At the chair right over. I mean, there's no way to make a patient feel special unless you're an amazingly gifted, charismatic person to see three patients at once and make them all feel special and also to dedicate 100% of your focus on three people. But that's what is out when you look through Dentistry Today or one of the magazines. It's all about the five-minute root canal, the three-minute this, even the Invisalign lectures that I go to. And I love all these companies. I love them. I'm a huge Invisalign guy. Um, But it's all about like how much time per chair and per appointment and blah, blah, blah. And patients don't love to feel that way. So I think what you're talking about actually takes longer because you're asking more questions. You're spending more time on the phone, but you're getting to a better result. And I think companies in general, when you look at what's going on in America now and and business culture, people are slowing it down. Starbucks started that with uh, making very enjoyable environments because they're selling a $3 cup of coffee. And at the same time that Starbucks comes around, McDonald's has their chairs attached to the table so that you leave quick. McDonald's yep. is doing studies, how quick can we get your ass out the door after you eat your hamburger? Starbucks is like, how long can we keep your butt in the chair?
1: Because you get another cup of coffee.
2: And, a, yeah. and buy a Michael Bublé CD. and, yeah. a, and, and,
1: a, and a muffin. And a muffin. <laughs> and stuff that you
2: never thought you needed.
1: Yeah. And you're going to meet your friends there.
2: And yeah. also – Give us $50 of your money and put it on our credit card so we can hold your money for future purchases.
1: And I have that. I have that card. I, you know, I it? love, and I have it on my. I have an app, a Starbucks app, on my phone.
2: But we we don't owe Starbucks money. They owe us coffee. They have yes. our money right now, which I is know. crazy. What That's business can we collect their money? And <laughs> <I don't, laughs> like at, at right now, I don't know how much you have on your Starbucks card, but I have like forty dollars.
1: I have twenty dollars and seventeen cents. I just got my update this morning.
2: So I mean, yeah. look at look at the value proposition.
1: I know They're actually
2: having us take their money. I so mean, guess uh, hold our up. money.
1: So here's another quick tip that, so that you might want to think about. In our practice, and probably in your practices, and a lot of my uh, my offices are now adopting this, um, we pre-collect for, we have like the, the pseudo Starbucks carb in our practice. So guess what our cancellation no-show rate is for big appointments? Zero, because the patient has come in for a preoperative appointment and Um, they prepay for their treatment just like they do in your offices. I know they do it. So some doctors say, oh, well, you can do that because you're Peter Bolden, and you can do that because you're Craig Spudek, and you can do that because you're Ross Nash. Everybody can do that. I have clients all over that can do that.
2: Holiday Inn does that to you. They say you're making a reservation within the five days of cancellation. You realize you can't cancel. Super 8 does that. Yeah. That's $49 for a room or whatever. That
1: yeah. Is. So we, you know, we all, our patients come in. It's, it's interesting. It's the same. And I, I got kind of got that idea because, you know, when I had to go in for surgery, what do I have to do? I have to go in for a preoperative appointment with the surgeon, with the hospital. I have to make all my arrangements. I got to get all my preoperative instructions. And we figure out how this bill is going to be paid. Well, guess what? We, we adopt the same thing in the, in the office. The other thing I was going to mention, because you were talking about changes, there was a huge national, non-dental, but a huge national meeting on um, um, marketers in Manhattan, in New York City. And these are huge major companies, and they're talking about the next, you know, first of all, how do we appeal to millennials? I guess, you know, that's a different can of worms. And how are we, we going to appeal to the future? And they all said that in the past, it's been about cost and convenience. How quickly can I get it and how inexpensively can I, can I get it? And now they're saying it's all about the experience. Mm. That's what everybody's looking for now is the experience of the sale, the experience. I mean, if you think about this and um, there's some um, women who are, who may be listening to this, there's a few dress shops that, you know, when they give you your bag, your purchase, they don't hand it over the counter anymore. They tie a little bow around it and they walk around the counter and they shake your hand and thank you for being in a store. And that's the experience.
2: That's the experience. But conveni- convenience can be an experience as well. I mean, the Walmart dental concept, I think, will work really well because at 11 p.m., you could walk into a Walmart to get your, you know, toilet paper and, uh, and your uh, soft scrub and your temporary crown is loose. Yes. You might have a CEREC machine and be like, you know what? Looks yeah. pretty, pretty slick. That's a form of, that's a form of uh, experience as well.
1: And it's a different kind of experience, but it could be that experience of convenience. Ab, you're yep. absolutely right. I mean, what? I mean, we go to Costco to buy what? We go to I go to Costco to buy chicken breasts, and I walk out four hundred and fifty dollars later with other things that I don't need. A crinkling so
2: cashmere sweater, perhaps.
1: Crinkling cashmere sweater and a hot dog and a coke for buck fifty nine. Come on. That's awesome. <laughs> That's, <laughs>
2: Chicken cutlets and a cashmere
1: sweater.
2: <laughs> and, and and an inflatable kayak that you never used.
1: And and golf balls that I buy cheaply because Ross loses so many of them. I don't <laughs> – I'm not going to buy in Pro V1s. No way. He's buying – he's getting Costco ball, Costco golf balls. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm buying the chicken breasts and the seven <laughs> gallons of artichoke hearts. That, yeah. But it's, it's the whole thing. Oh, this is going to be convenient and it's going to be cost effective. And then they – upsell you for uh, like a a kayak and a washing machine. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if dentists would adopt some of this and and rather than saying, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, nobody loves me and dentistry is dying and private practice dentistry is dying, say, wait a minute, change your modalities and you might get a different result. You know, you you keep doing the same thing. You're going to get the same result. Start doing something different. So,
0: you hear that a lot, then Deborah, the same way you know Greg and I get approached in emails and such about the same kind of thing about almost the surrender mentality of what's yeah. going on in the industry and and I, it's you know but it's nice to hear that you you know you're coming from a whole different um perspective you know yes your your husband is a practitioner, and you've been working with him, but you know you're on the presentation side like you're on the stage a lot, right.
1: And, I, and I'm also in offices. I mean, I still, you right. know, I've been in probably, oh, in my career, probably 500 dental offices. And then I'm still, I still am a vital consultant. I still go in offices and work. So I see what happens. And I still so, do psychographic surveys and demographic surveys of communities. And I look, take a look at marketing trends. I mean, I'm old, but I'm relevant.
0: No, you totally don't. And, and that's
1: why I'm...
2: You're I'm, not I'm really not
1: wearing, wearing Depends yet. <laughs> maybe hey Deborah, when I go, to, when I go Deborah, to Spodak's office, I'll have to wear Depends.
2: Deborah, the uh, the Kirkland Depends, I'm just saying, are extremely form <laughs> They're so form-fitting. I mean, since we're videoing, you can barely, you can barely see. So I've actually gone to the bathroom three times since we were in and And it's quite efficient. There you I'm, go. I'm, so don't, and, there's no shame in this.
1: And, no in, and, and, <laughs> convenient. and if you want, convenient. You know, and if you have a vendetta I, against your astronaut boyfriend, you can drive in those things. Right.
2: I mean, I could prep tea with these Kirkland Depends. Uh, I just want to say this this edition of the Bulletproof uh, Dental Practice Podcast is brought to you by Kirkland. Thank you, <laughs> our friends <laughs> at Kirkland, for the uh, the 17-pound bag of cashews you sent us. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> go ahead, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and if you eat that uh, Kirkland hot dog and Coke, you're going to have to wear Depends because you're going right. to have to like get to a bathroom within 20 minutes of leaving the store.
2: I'm just going off because I know Peter's <laughs> ready to kick me off the podcast, so I'm going to go out with a bang, you know. So, oh, there you go. I'm sending you your dismissal letter. That's that's what
0: I'm doing right now. Actually, is writing it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but really, Deborah, I asked that question because I am just wondering, you know, how how widespread that sentiment is of the, the, the private practice is failing. I kind of surrender. I might as well just sell the corporate entity because they're going to take over. Like all these things you hear and it's like, well, well, no. We don't want consolidation to happen like it did in medicine. Look what happened. It, it didn't exactly. make it better.
1: Yeah. They envy us. They still envy us. I think it's interesting. I was um, in a meeting in Baltimore and um, Chris Salerno, the editor of General Economics, was on a panel. Mm-hmm. And they were asking, it was actually Chris Salerno, it was Grace Rizzo, the marketing expert. It was Linda Miles who invented dentistry, I think, um, and Dr. Tanya Brown. And um, the question was, what's holding dentists back? And Chris Salerno just made, he said, it's fear. It's the dentist's fear. And he said, the private practice dentistry is thriving if you are ready to, you know, to embrace it. So I I think that that's... um, yeah, I think there's a a scarcity mentality of that or a, um as a, as opposed to thinking about I can be different and uh, we we're talking about all these stores um I mean think about that. Yeah, there's a Walmart and there's a Costco and there's a Target, there's also a Saks Fifth Avenue and a Neiman Marcus and a Nordstroms and then there's this stuff in between. There's the Macy's and the Belk's and um mm-hmm. there's room for there's room for all of it. You just have to decide what you want to be. That's, you know, that's, yeah, the, that's the, the, the,
2: the unfortunate thing is that greatness requires a ton of work. And <laughs> I, I wonder if it's fear or resignation because, you know, I get calls all the time. and Pete gets the same ones. Everybody wants to pick up, pick our brains about our marketing that we're doing. And like we have some elaborate widget that we've built at this marketing machine, but the marketing that we built is the story and the experience that, we're, that we've so carefully curated and it's been so difficult. And uh, my mentor has a quote, it says, you're always rewarded in public for what you've intensely practiced for in private. And I don't know if it's the dentists are scared or there's resignation because they know it's hard work. There's no easy button. So what yeah. you're talking about yeah. is- yeah shit tons of work, consulting, hiring a person like you to come down, taking the day off of production, spending the time sharpening the saw. And that takes guts. It takes courage and it takes vision. And many dentists are not willing to do that. And I hope that the ones that are listening that are on the fence about investing in themselves, because really doing listening to a podcast like this or going to one of your seminars, Deborah, is an investment in yourself. And dentists, are renowned for making an investment in an ice cream store or uh, going in on a joint venture into a, a condo, which they know nothing about a real estate venture and their offices haven't changed since the Brady bunch and they haven't gotten any CEs, yeah.
1: you
2: know, since the Diagnodent was all the rage. And I think, well,
1: I, yeah, yeah. I, I think with the, I think what you're saying too, and I agree, I, I you and I were, you were singing the same tune this weekend when I was on a panel on the future of dentistry, I said, everybody's looking for the magic pill, the, the, the thing, the one, and they think that you and Peter and, and other people who um, are renowned in the industry or known in the industry, they think they got from point A to point B in one sharp incline, one smooth line. And yeah. uh, you did it like a meandering stream. Work, I mean, success is a meandering stream. It is not point A to point B in one, one fell swoop. And it is, I said this weekend, I said, dentistry and the business of dentistry is hard work. It's not a magic pill. And sometimes the doctors will hire a consultant and then they get disgruntled. Because they say, I thought the consultant was going to be the difference in my practice. No, the consultant is the facilitator to help you be the difference in your practice. You know, they bring you the tools and they bring you the, you know, they, they jumpstart you. But you have to do the work. You have to do the work. They- yeah. They're
0: the guide. You're 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 still the hero of the practice, whether you want to be a good hero or a bad hero. But you, you're, you know, they're just guiding you through, right? Yeah. And so
1: yeah, a yeah. funny story. Funny I, had a, I had a client, and I and I he may even be still in dentistry, and he may hear this podcast. And I'm saying this lovingly because it was really kind of funny, cute. So his business card, he's in Oregon. His business card says dentistry, eggs, and organic beef. So I figure his did his business card. Um, was just in case the dentistry thing didn't work out, he could sell eggs and he could sell beef. It, you know, that it transcended all of his businesses. But I said, well, what are you? And then I had a, there's a, cl- a doctor here in Charlotte who a lot of people know because he's very, he puts himself out there a lot on blogs and he writes a lot of articles. And he wrote, he placed a beautiful, magnificently beautiful ad in a local uh, magazine. And it said photography and dentistry. And I said, "Well, what, 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 what are you, what are you marketing? Are you mail Pick a lane. Pick a lane. Pick a lane. And so I think that's the whole idea. When you guys, you spent how long did it take you both to brand yourselves? I mean, I mean, it's and it's expensive. People always say, "How much do you guys spend on marketing?" There should you've got to have a marketing budget, and you got to 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 brand yourself. And so, what's your brand? What's your brand? And you got to pay people to help you brand yourself. By gosh, we talked about. Uh, Larry Rosenthal, earlier, in his early days, he hired a publicist to get his name out there. I mean, he didn't just start from scratch. He paid people to make himself famous.
2: But he also, he also uh, and, and just the difference of what's going on now, he also was performing dentistry that people wanted to have and, he, and, and delivering a product and service that people were happy with. So yeah. a lot, I think what's happening now is there's, there's, everybody's a dental consultant now. Everybody has a pot. Everybody has a podcast and there's no need to be anymore. Yeah.
1: yeah so we yeah. There are
2: dental consultants, there are dental mastermind groups and you know, I'll find out from people that know them like that. They have no, they're doctors and they, they, they they're lecturing on the big stage, but they have a practice with two employees and they yeah, do a yeah. combined revenue of 350 grand a year. There's no credibility in the industry. So, cause there's guys out there that are actually doing it and there's guys that are not doing it, but they're the ones lecturing, so it's interesting I mean
1: that is interesting and I, I also and of course, I might have a bias. I mean I, I listen to webinars at home, and I think you know listening to webinars at home and listening to podcasts and listening to master is part of the process of education. I mean I love sitting there in my jammies learning. But it is an absolutely, totally different experience than going to an uh, actual meeting and meet with like-minded people. And like this last meeting I went to, and I'm just, you know, I'm still on my little, my high and being with um, over 200 positive, center, positive dentists, private practice dentists who love what they do and believe in what they do and are excited uh, at what they do and go and like, they like to be together because they like to collaborate and, and ex- uh, celebrate that they're successful. I mean, why should we go around with other people and say, oh, let's just celebrate how miserable we are? I mean, yeah. or let me stay home in my pajamas and celebrate how miserable I am by myself. I mean, what
0: group was this again? The one you were just, yeah, hearing? I want to
2: hear this.
1: Oh, this is the American Academy of Dental Practice. Um, American Academy. Academy of Dental Practice. And they just had, if you look up, um, you guys might even know, Jean-Paul Gonzalez. Have you heard of him? He was a former LA Clipper. He's the one who um, actually coined the phrase all in. He's the one who actually coined that phrase. Oh, it's awesome. And he was one of the speakers. And then um, Carlos Sanchez, who's the Paralympics uh, gold medalist. I mean, those are the kind of people you say, I mean, how did you get the guts to do what you do? And how did you get the guts to you know you became paralyzed because of a motorcycle accident and you're you're you, you turn that for rather than misery and suicidal tendencies to be a public speaker how did that happen dentists need to hear how that happens because there's a lot of dentists i hate to say it they're a suicidal i yeah. mean they may not act it out but in their minds are thinking oh my gosh i'm 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 miserable and you know then we have that you know a whole drug epidemic and And divorce epidemic and, you know, life's too short. It's just way too short to be unhappy. Be happy.
2: And you know what? To speak to that too, Deborah, I think one of the big reasons is the way we're set up in school, it's very competitive and and it's very lonely in dentistry because it's typically it's solo. 70% of the practices are solo. So they look at the successful guys and they think that it's all roses and sunshine for them and they're the only ones with challenges and they feel alone. And it's really, I hope if there's one thing that this podcast uh, helps the dentist out there, is that we all have our own struggles. There are days, and Peter and I are very, very blessed in our friendship. There are days when Peter feels really down on what's going on in his world. He's like, this, yeah. is going on, this is going on, and we have that friendship and, and that camaraderie to bounce ideas off of each other and say, that's normal. Remember, I felt that way three months ago, and you pulled me out of that funk. So if we could be, if the podcast audience could be a larger extension of our friendship to let people know that it is lonely and it is hard, and happiness is in the solving of those problems. Happiness is not in the absence of problems. So actually be grateful for the problems that you have. There are good well, quality problems and bad yeah. quality problems. Bad it quality problems yeah. cancer. Your practice, yeah. hygienist yeah. quitting and stuff like that, that toil is actually good for you.
1: Well, I always say a couple of things. I always say, hey, I woke up and I'm vertical. That's a great thing. Uh, today's a great day. I'm, I'm um, vertical. I was talking, I think, before we started, and I, um, I heard this uh, when we talked about that, fear is, and this just goes back to fear versus courage. You know, fear is wetting your pants, and the courage is what you do with wet pants while you're love wearing it. wet pants. Love and, it. So I think there's a lot of doctors who wake up every morning and would love to have, you know, would love to reach out. Um, they don't, they have no idea what trials and tribulations you two have gone through. I mean, I mean, Ross isn't where he is. That was no little rosy path that he's been on. It's you know, yeah. It's, yeah. There was no yeah. easy.
0: There was no easy button for Ross.
1: No, you know? no, no. He likes to take the hard road. He just likes it. Yeah, he just likes. why well, was just like
0: just like Craig is saying. The fulfillment is in his journey. Yeah. Maybe you know, yes. he's he's a grinder oh. and a hustler at at no pun intended, but you
2: know, grinder. Yeah. Because he's prepping, he's prepping a case right now. Get it.
1: Yeah, I get it. Uh, I get no, it. I
2: thought you meant the dating app. I'm like, dude, I'm definitely not on Grinder.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I was just gonna say he likes it hard, but then that was, you know, yeah, that's it's gonna
2: side. bring a whole different <laughs> Grinder aspect to it. This is all that. <laughs> Peter, just edit, edit out from three seconds ago, and and just re. here, yeah, we'll do a. Everybody's really pause for one second, so we have a nice editing spot.
1: I thought she was such a nice little lady. My gosh, what's this woman doing? She's such a nice little lady.
2: Uh. But it's like you said, said, Deborah. there's no successes. There's no like catastrophic failure and there's no like there's no overwhelming success. It's a series of small successes. Just every day, having small successes, it, it snowballs. Everybody points to this catastrophic failure, like, oh, the, the factory uh, closed down two miles down the road from my dental practice, or an Aspen Dental moved in, and that's what took me out. That's bullshit. What took you out is, over time, you were not at the top of your game. You, yeah. you took your foot off the gas seven or ten years ago, and yeah. you slowly decelerated till so you came to a grinding halt.
1: Yeah. You trailed, you, you trailed away long before you realized you were lost. Right. You know, it's like being on a trail and saying, wait a minute, how did I get here? And how, right. yeah, yeah, you trailed away long before you were lost. I totally, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, we always,
2: we always he, want to point to that catastrophic moment, which is interesting. It's
1: somebody else. Somebody else, yeah. It's Heartland's fault. It's the, it's the uh, yeah, it's uh, industry's fault. It's the economy's fault. It's, it's Trump's fault. It's Hillary's fault. It's, you know.
2: You know what's interesting? One thing is that uh, a commonality that I see with a lot of uh, successful people, other than them being insanely hungry for more, is a Mm -hmm. willingness to own. Own whatever result they get. I think successful people um, don't go victim. They they, They go at cause, not at the effect of. So whether or not Aspen opens up or Hillary or Trump or whatever it is that happens to you, if you can say, I, can, I have input, I'm at cause in this, I can actually, if I'm not a victim of my circumstance, I can either move or pivot or do whatever I need to do to, to maneuver around this. I think you're tend to be happier and more successful. I was lecturing once at uh, um, Southwest Florida, maybe by astero and uh, it was an Invisalign lecture, and I drove in right before the um, lecture was about to start, and I, I, I didn't really get a lay of the land very well, but one of the people stood up and said, listen, you practice in Delray Beach, Florida. Invisalign is really easy to sell over there. People here in Estero don't have any money. And I said, well, just out of curiosity, it was a small lecture only 10 people. I said, how far do you live from this Ramada whatever we we're at? She's like, well, no, I, I, I practice right by, you know, the Ramada, right by the Longhorn Steakhouse. And I'm like, is that by that Mercedes dealership, you know, that's down there? And she's like, yeah, the brand new Mercedes dealership just went in. I was like, don't you think Mercedes-Benz has really good social and demographic research to show that this location that they just spent millions of dollars on is viable? She goes, yeah, I figured as much. And I'm like, if Aspen wants to open up right down the street from you, great. They just verify your decision. If Heartland opens up a de novo right down the street, then you just hit the jackpot. That was a yeah. jackpot. That means that you have market advantage. You you just decided because you know the, the strip mall had a vacancy and you decided to put your dental practice there. Hartland spent hours and hours of research to show that the area is good for dentistry and that there's a need. So if Hartland puts one right next to you, kudos to you. You actually had foresight. So don't. Yeah, look they at spent
1: them. they spent your yeah they spent they uh, spent their money researching for you. Yeah,
2: yeah. that's that's awesome. actually reaffirmation. Heartland opened up a, a location right next to me six months after I moved to the new building. I was like, wow, this is awesome. This is amazing. Yeah. I, I didn't know the area could support it. I just like this area because I'm a hometown guy and I want to I work three miles from where I live. And I kind of winged it. <laughs> Heartland. That's yeah. a great perspective.
0: That's a great perspective. You know, what you're talking about, Craig? is that is really that book. And I don't know if you even read it. By, uh, it's called Extreme Ownership by yeah. Jocko Willenick. It's a really good book and you're just kind of describing it is, is that, you know, taking accountability for everything in your life, what, what, everything that happens wins and losses and just kind of, you're saying that's what, that's what you're seeing is uh, indicative of a lot of leaders and successful business people is what you're, is what you're
2: yeah, kind of if thinking. you have an, an employee that you can't deal with, the version of you in the future, like we're all evolving our leadership style, Deborah, you are not Deborah Nash of 2005. What's making you iconic is that you've reinvented yourself probably yeah. 20 times. So at imagine, least. like, you're at Deborah Nash 5.0, at Deborah Nash 6.0, which is two or three years from now, you're going to be a total rock star. And and I think that the challenges that you that are that are humbling you now would have been catastrophic for you five years ago, and the things that you were. Putting you on the sidelines five years ago, you laugh at now. You're growing through life, and that's what makes successful people. They don't. Well, go, I think
1: yeah, and I think you learn um, through sometimes through catastrophes. Um, you redirect, and I, you know, and, and not to aggrandize myself, but you know, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor in 2011, and had to have a craniotomy, had to learn to walk again, and um, I lost use of my right side, and I started make I reprioritized my life and said, okay. Um, I mean, when, when you get close to the fact that the life as you know it may may not be the same when you wake up, if you wake up, I thought, okay, we are going to make some radical decisions in, 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 um, in direction. And it was one of the best things that ever happened to me. I mean, mm-hmm. some people say you're nuts. You're, you're on opioids. Um, but I, it was one of the best things that ever happened because it it helped me redirect. And so sometimes catastrophes help you do that. Well, um, they, give you,
2: they give you perspective too.
1: Yeah. I mean,
2: you know what a really bad day is. You know, yeah. what, you know when you try to move your legs and they don't move.
1: Yeah. So yeah. when
2: someone tells you I'm having a really bad day, well, why? I spilt coffee on my pants.
1: Exactly. It's like, yeah, let's, yeah, let's, let's, yeah, yeah. It's
2: the abstraction of life that gets us in so much trouble because we, if, if something happened to one of us, God forbid, we would, we would kill or do anything just to go back to yesterday. If something happened terrible today, you would say, I can't believe I spent all last week complaining about my hygienist or the fact that Delta Dental's cutting my reimbursement by $5 or whatever it is. It's the abstraction of life. We, we, we really don't. Focus on how precious it is. It's, it's well, I,
1: yeah, and I think this is also what's really important for doctors who are hearing this. Um, I had a client. He uh, he uh, hired me. He says, "I want you to come in and motivate my team." I I and he said, "I don't have any cheerleaders in my team," so we. I contracted. I went in and I and I observe. I usually like to observe first so I can diagnose and um, I wouldn't be able to be a cheerleader. I mean, it was, everything was bad news, and it was horrible. Let me see the schedule, and oh, I don't like this person, and this is a horrible day, and I'm not even getting the right lunch I wanted, and blah. And I said, if you're going to ask your team to be a cheerleader, you better give them something to cheer about. Um, and so I go back to that, that leadership thing that if, if you're always looking at the glass half empty or totally empty, say, hey, you got a glass, right? You got a glass.
2: Yeah. The chokehold on any business is always the psychology and skill set of the owner. It's always that. It's not your location. You are the chokehold on your business. If you're the owner, you're the leader. You're the default leader. If you walk in in a low energy state, you are the rate limiting step in the organization. No one can surpass your own vision, expectation, and energy. If you come in low energy, no one will exceed you. By the way, that psychology skill set thing, Eighty percent of psychology, twenty percent of skill set. And my well
1: Yeah, and you know what? Goes, you know, the eighty twenty rule of of patients. Eighty percent of the reason why patients choose your practice and choose your dentistry is based on relationship. Twenty percent is based on other factors, and about five of those five percent of those factors are your skill. They don't even know they don't know if you can cut a crown and they don't know what you're putting in their mouth unless someone tells them and that's establish your relationship so you establish trust and you don't have a whole lot of time to establish trust so you better learn how to do it quickly um you know people say oh i've i don't want to give them a whole treatment plan because i'm afraid i want to establish my trust first so i'll wait until they know me and like me you yeah. have seconds to make that happen mm-hmm. seconds mm-hmm.
2: i, I want to <laughs> be liked and i want to be trusted so let me withhold the truth
1: yeah like imagine yeah. the
2: energy behind that I want, I want to be liked and I want to seem authentic. So let me be really intentional and intentionally cryptic in how I talk to you.
1: So I'm not going to tell you everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going well, to, what about I'm not this? Gonna...
2: Well, I don't want to get into that. I want to get into yeah. that next week. Well, why? Yeah. Well, because I, you know, I mean, if you want to line, like me
1: first. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You need
2: alignment. You need alignment. I always tell the doctors that I work with, like, just do what's right for them. And what should I do? Well, do, do what's right. If you do what's right, then you have to you take down the whole, do you like me? Do you not like me? Should I tell you this? Just just do what's right. It's really I sim- think
1: and I think the the other piece for 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 a doctor to, to help them, as opposed to telling sitting down and telling the patient, I'm gonna tell you what you need. I'm gonna give you a treatment plan now, I'm gonna tell you everything you need, and then I'm gonna release you to Melissa who's gonna tell you how you're gonna pay for it. Right. So it's like, ah and then we we talk to people like are going to have you go into the, have you talk to the financial manager. Ah, the financial manager. So I always say, I always tell my, my clients, ask permission before you start um, offering your alternatives and your choices to patients. Say, would you allow me to tell you what I could do for you? Um, and you can say, you don't have to do anything. But would you allow me to tell you what I could do? If you gave me carte blanche, if you would allow me to do what I would want to do for a sister or a brother. May I tell you what I what, what I what the possibilities are? What's the patient say? No, don't tell me what the possibilities are. You know, just tell me what my insurance is going to cover. But by asking permission, the patient says, "Well, yeah, I give you permission to do that." And then the patient says, "Oh, well, that sounds like a lot of money, and it is a lot of money. You're right. Yeah, that's why we have to we have to work in we we have to work in collaboration with this and." Um, I, you know, and this is how this can happen. So I think that's the other piece is rather than being so canned and so rehearsed and so scripted to say, we're going to tell you what you need. And then Melissa's going to talk to you about the, the money and insurance and care credit and financing. Um, and, and I'm done now. I think that 70% of the reason why patients um, don't follow through with treatment is the treatment wasn't explained well enough. And they were released too soon to talk about money. And they're really, really They really, truly were not yet ready to commit. The commitment for treatment happens with the clinical team, not the financial team. My role is to negotiate terms of payment once I've said yes to you.
2: Those poor business managers that go in on a cold lead.
1: Oh, Oh.
2: you come in. I I mean, there's nothing worse than a doctor being quasi- quasi recommending something, you know, like you have decay, you know, you might want to take care of it. I, it could get worse. Uh, I'll see you later. And yeah. then like, send her to Becky. And then Becky has to go in and be like,
1: I know it.
2: $2,000. I mean, that's the worst. I mean, talk about sending your no hand off and even worse. They didn't even bring her to Becky. You know, some assistant will come in. They're still lying back in the chair doing an isometric crunch. They're yeah. super so really <laughs> uncomfortable. The lights in their freaking eyes. They're still bleeding. There's a bloody bib on, and they're being asked to commit right then. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking, Peter?
2: <laughs> I just You've
1: he's lost just, control. You lost control.
0: I I do that when when Craig gets around. He's just he's so descriptive, and I just sit there and just giggle he's, he no, because he's no because like everything's just. A,
2: Just imagine, when's the last time you bought something lying 40 degrees reclined with your legs (laughs) up? Talk about the most (laughs) uncomfortable physical position. I can't imagine, outside of a female, like with her legs in stirrups, having a more uncomfortable physical position to purchase anything at.
1: Well, I've often said, yeah, I've often said that there's only one profession where you actually transact lying down. And it's not a legal profession in this country. So no, they, you actually
2: don't make the transaction lying down, I, I'm, I'm sure. You probably make the transaction standing up in a street corner, and then yeah. after the transaction, you lie they, down. They,
1: yeah, down. that's true. Yeah, and there is a cell. Even prostitution
2: there's has there's better ergonomics.
1: There's a, there's a, and actually, if you go to Amsterdam, you actually can Google. You can actually Google the professional behind the door. They have a barcode on the door in Amsterdam, and you can actually scan. You can take your phone, scan the barcode, um, in Amsterdam and get the reviews from the woman or man behind the door it's fascinating
2: I won't ask how you know that I took the tour I had to <laughs> see about
1: it I took the tour yeah, yeah. Oh,
2: I love it I love it I love it it's so yeah. true though I mean we, we're fresh fashions that we gotta uh, it's 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 incredible. I've, I've worked in other, I've gone to other dental practices. I've seen some crazy stuff. It's amazing that dentists, uh, despite some of the things that we do, can still be successful. We have such high profit margins that we're, we're the instrument of our work. We can, we can run such inefficient practices and still not go out of business. And I you mean, know the other
1: thing I have to say um, in, in, um, out of respect and homage to dentists is that Sometimes, um, and I love dental teams and I I get to work a couple days a week at my husband's practice and I love the team with whom I work, but doctors sometimes settle for so little from their dental team members. They settle for so little. It's like your stomach lining and heart muscle and your bank account is all tied up in this, what you're doing. And I liked what you said earlier, You know, rather than investing in real estate or investing in Bitcoin or investing in lemonade stands, invest back into your practice for heaven's sake. That's what you know, that's what you were trained to do.
2: Although Bitcoin um, would have been a really good
0: idea. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. Just, I know. just saying. Well, why are you gonna pick on Bitcoin, Deborah?
1: <laughs> well, my point is you yeah, to, have to, to to go outside You're of your on room,
2: Bitcoin, not cryptography. Oh. <laughs>
1: I'll find another I'll find another I don't okay. know. We're very we're very that.
2: sensitive I about the blockchain.
1: Are. I know. But I think that um so doctors who spent all this time in this in in their heart and their Passion is in this, and then they settle for the team telling them the way the practice should be. The team saying, Oh, we can't do that, doctor, because our patients will never accept it. Oh, I have a client in Winnipeg, and he has his hygienist telling him when she can come, when she leaves, and when she's going to take her vacation because that works out for her. And it totally destroys the function of the practice. And I said, why are you doing this? She says, I can't be there before 11 and I have to leave by three and I have to take six weeks off with my husband in the summertime. It's like you can't afford her. Yeah. I, have- I, I think
2: I just hired her actually. <laughs>
1: it's like, <what>? She's <laughs> working in my
2: practice now. Yeah, there I'll you go. I'll have you meet yeah. her uh, next week when you come. <laughs> Great.
1: Well, as long as it works in her schedule, I'll meet her as long as it works out into her schedule. But
2: it's <sighs> like,
1: why are you settling for um, apathy? Why are you settling for apathy? When you um, have so much at stake, that's, I guess, my point.
3: Time—it's our most important asset, and I want to thank you for using your time to listen to the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast. Also, want to encourage you to do two things right now: take out your phone, text the word "bulletproof" to the number three four five three four five. What that's going to do is put you on our, for lack of better words, a mailing list that's going to send out uh, text messaging and email just whenever we have announcements, whether it's the Bulletproof Summit that's coming up in October, uh, a book launch, um, or just giving access to some some private stuff that's inside the Bulletproof community. So I encourage you to just uh, take two seconds and whip that out and uh, text it to us. Again, text the word bulletproof to 345 345. Secondly, please if you're if you're loving the podcast go ahead and um, click on your phone again and and click on the review and review us in in itunes we really appreciate it just so we get some feedback and again if it's if it's a five star awesome bring it but if it's one like put that down and let us know how we do better appreciate it not a great day
0: So, where I know you're going to, you're speaking in, in the this, in Spodak this dental group, but if someone, wants, if someone wants to kind of uh, get there, it's a pay. <laughs> I, I, I tell you, I, Deborah, not... I got I to gotta warn you. I had a lot of, uh, I, I have had a lot of, uh, I've been in a lot of offices and I wanted to walk in and be like, yeah, my, mine's just like this. No big deal. Well, yeah. And I didn't. I walked in and I was like, what is going on? This is a whole different level. What's, what have I been doing? Oh, so, I, read,
1: I read about his environmentally sound practice and how he was the water reservoirs and the solar panels. And he's got like 322 operatories <laughs> and 700 employees. I've
2: and got got digital, it's a dental city. It's a dental city. How much yeah. the temperature is.
1: Yeah, there you go. See? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So where else? What else? Where else can someone see you? As I guess, unless they Wait, want to come is in that and your, hang on Is that your? Are
1: you showing us your underwear? Are you showing us your Depends? Is that what that was rolled up? Or is that no. a very large marijuana? <laughs> is, is that a joint? Are you hemping your office? What is that?
2: I wish this was uh, <laughs> no. This is actually this is sage. Someone, someone, uh, someone brought me sage. sage. go ahead. I'll
1: go with that story. Yeah, it's sage. Yeah, right.
2: You'll see it next week. I'll leave it for you. <laughs> What does your office have bad energy or something? I don't know. You were you were in here for a full day. I gotta cleanse it. Oh,
1: it's gotta be cleansed. It's gotta. Your be joint
0: cleansed. just fell off, Craig.
1: I knew you both would be crazy.
0: That's fun. yeah, I lost my cane. Remember what I was saying? Oh, where's she speaking? Where's she speaking? Yeah, where can someone's where can where can all of our bulletproof listeners come hear you speak your magic? Oh my God.
1: Well, if they want to get my, they could go on my website and see my speaking schedule. Actually, I'm going to be at Fun in the Sun in Florida in April. I'm going to be at the nice. Oregon Health Association in April. I'm going to be in Sweden if they want to come to Sweden. Um, Wilmington, North Carolina, Delaware, um, Chicago AACD meeting. Uh, oh, wow. Alabama, yeah, so I'm ADA Hawaii. So, wow. I'm around. Um, you, you I'm around. Sure like, so, if they, go, if they go right on my website, they can see my speaking schedule. Yeah, I'll be happy. And to you it. also
0: obviously do in office stuff with like you're doing for Spotify. I do. I
1: do. Yeah. Right. So, but you know what? I don't have to be, I will tell you, I, I'm going to offend people, but you know, I'm old enough that it, I've offended people before. So, um, I'm not a big fan of big consulting packages. Um, you know, you don't even know me and you're going to, I mean, it would be like a patient coming to you and you saying, we've never met, we've never had an examination, but you're going to hand me $50,000. I'm not mm-hmm. going to hand you $50,000 until you've done an exam and a consultation and a treatment plan with me. So I'm not a big fan of big. Packages. Um, I'm, I'm. I can, I'll come in and do a workshop, like I'm doing um, in Dr. Spodak's office. I'll come in and do two days. Let's get to know each other and see if it if it's a if it's a fit. And if it's not a fit, I understand. We'll walk away. To, you know. So I'm not a contracted consultant. I'm no okay. package.
0: You're not. A I package. cannot
1: be. I am not a package. I cannot be <laughs> bought in a package.
0: <laughs> You're not a fan of big packages. I. Right? I heard, I'm not I a big fan
1: said. of I'm not a big fan of a fifty thousand dollar consulting package. I, and <laughs> before we've even set, I've never before I've even set foot in your office or before you've even met me. I'm just, I mean, I love consultants and I love my friends who do that. I more power to them. It's not my style. It's just not my style.
2: Well, I can give you uh, even before ever meeting you beyond today. When the girls, I think two of my um, admin team went to go see you, and there was a palpable difference. And they were on fire when they came back, and it affected materially affected the revenue and the uh, case acceptance of our practice. So I can't even imagine cool. uh having you here uh for a day. Yeah, for, for a whole day. day. A day. I know. It's awesome. Yeah. Super Yeah. yeah. Good ROI, better than an ice cream store purchase for me.
1: Ha, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Thanks.
2: Yeah. Well, Deborah, thanks for spending the time with us today.
1: Great fun. Great I
0: fun. You are great. Yeah. Say hi to my uh say hi to my good buddy that that's Prepping teeth downstairs.
1: Hi Will. He's got twenty units going on right now, so I'll tell I'll say hello.
2: God bless him.
1: Yeah. He loves it. His his ideal day is one patient all day long. Some doctors don't like that. They they don't like doing that.
0: I like it. He I like it.
1: it. He loves it. Yeah.
0: One one patient and maybe a couple fun consults in the afternoon, yeah. right? So,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's all been prepaid. Why That's not? All- yeah, yeah, that's excellent. Yeah.
0: Back to the Starbucks card, right?
1: Yeah. Congratulations uh, on both of your successes. You don't owe me money. Products. You
0: don't owe me money. I owe you dentistry.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. We'll get a little card. But you know what you can do now? You know, you can get custom-made Starbucks cards. Like, if you're going to give your patients Starbucks cards, you can oh, get logo. That. You get your logo, yeah. your name on it, and it's you cool. got your information on it when you give them to your patients.
2: Oh, that's so cool. I had no idea. Yeah. Does that yeah. cost extra?
1: Um, oh, I'm sure it does. Just like putting money, putting your name oh. on a toothbrush. I'm sure it's a couple pennies more. Yeah, worth that's it. That's so all.
0: cool. That's a good. That's a good tip.
1: I know. By the way, the all I right, know, we're so, many, so many. We'll have to do this again because there's a lot of cool, fun things you can do internally to just, you know. I, I'll just. I know we're going to close. I know you're trying to get rid of me, but I will say this: we just <laughs> finished uh, an Olympics, right? And I just want doctors and everybody who's listening to this to remember, Olympics are won by one tenth of a second. That's all it takes to make a big difference from going to gold to silver to bronze. If you go, if you think about golf tournaments, the, there's a big difference in the purse from first to second place. Um, yeah. if you think About water, I mean, two hundred and twelve degrees. What is that? Hot water. Hot water. Hot water. Boiling, boiling. and hot what, boiling water creates what? Steam. Steam. And so think about from 211 to 212 degrees, that is the difference between boiling water that is steam and steam powers locomotives. So that extra degree, that one extra degree that you can add to your practice could be that one thing that moves you forward faster.
0: From first to second. Because all second, is, all second place is, all second place is a first place loser, right?
1: No. Oh,
0: <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm yeah. kidding. Never yeah. did not say that. I said that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Let's go on the record.
0: <laughs> this, for the record. That was me. Yeah. That was this jerk. That's Peter Bolden in case
2: you're listening, not watching.
0: <laughs> Do not send me hate mail. Hate email. All right. Craig, you got anything else, buddy? I know you're going to have some time, and you, you and Deborah can have a, a love fest down there in Delray, and
2: yeah. Um, yeah. it's going to be awesome. But yeah, anything no, else I'm, in closing, buddy? No, I'm, uh, like you said, that little extra degree, that little micro success, uh, those are the things, the culmination of many small successes is uh, is a massive win. So uh, for those listening, uh, these, these are really important points. I mean, I'm already ordering my, uh, custom logoed Starbucks card, every little thing. <laughs> that's my one degree for this, but, um, I'm looking forward to spending time with you. My team's really excited and, uh, I keep doing I'm what you're doing. You. You're a blessing for the profession, a profession that's noble, that needs you. And, uh, we appreciate you for sure.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Ditto.
2: Seriously. Yeah. All right, PD, take us out.
0: All right. We're out of here. Thanks again, Debra. We'll talk soon. And um, yeah, thanks for tuning in for another edition of the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Please rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcast source. Check out bulletproofdentalpractice.com for video interviews and text BULLETPROOF to 345-345 to stay connected to us for special announcements. Have a great day.